Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Dr. Ripper. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. And before I pass the mic over to this year's champion, just something real quick. I get asked all the time, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, there are a few ways. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on the platform you're currently listening to us. Number two, definitely subscribe to the podcast on that platform and other platforms. Number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football. So share this episode or other episodes with them. Number four, you can support our sponsor. Number five, if you know of an up-and-coming business, put them in contact with me, Cousin Bailey, at CousinBailey at gmail.com about being a sponsor. So this week's host uh, is no stranger to anyone, not that any of us are strangers, but he has uh, hosted more than I think anybody in the history of Bourbon Boys in one particular season and due to our new format. And uh, he's the newest Bourbon Boy, I mean, a couple of years in, but uh, Gus... You are our champion, your first championship, I believe. Congratulations. Um, I'm speaking from the bottom of the barrel, so you know, hope you can hear me up there. But congratulations. So, Gus, take it away. Yeah, thanks. I'm uh, a little owner of the weather, but that's not going to prevent me from doing anything for all you COVID warriors out there, or warriors. Uh, I am, I am COVID-free, so... That's good, I guess. Not that it matters. I had COVID, and it seems like this head cold is worse than COVID. Anyhow, yeah, uh, I'm your overall winner. I don't really have an acceptance speech, but uh, I finished the season 55 and 43 last week. I went five and four. Dr. Riffick came in second place, four games back at 51 and 47. He went six and three. He had a hell of a late season run. Malt Liquor finished at 549 and 49. He finished on a winning note, going five and four, and wah wah wah, cousin Bailey, thirty eight yeah. and sixty. My quick math on that tells me that's twenty two games below five hundred, yep. and he went below five hundred last week at four and five. Before we get into the championship game and our banter, let's go around the room and see what everybody's drinking. Malt, what you got, buddy? Uh, I just have a little bit of leftover, uh, Dos Equis from Taco Tuesday after drunken World Cup afternoon. So pretty good. I was, I was hoping for Pacifico, but they didn't have it. So we got Dos Equis. All right. I, I agree with the Pacifico. Big fan, big fan. Cause what you got, man? I'm drinking a, um, Coastal Love Hazy IPA by Wicked Weed Brewing. It's, um. Wicked Weed's got a couple really nice ones, and this is definitely up there. Um, I, as well, got roadhoused on Tuesday watching the U.S. beat Iran, or Iran, however you want to fucking pronounce it. Muzzies. Um, I'm going to pronounce it Iran just to piss off that reporter, because <laughs> um, I'm sure he listens. He's a, he's one of our 2,000 subscribers. Um, anyways, yeah, Coastal Love, it's a hazy, believe it or not, I... Uh, I'm still drinking hazy IPAs, but it's delicious. 
Awesome. Doctor, what you got, buddy? Uh, couldn't make it to Dragoon. So I am drinking a absolute mango mule. Whatever that is. Sounds awesome. No, it's not. Sounds tasty. Fantastic. I love, I love well, it. What about you, our illustrious champion? Yeah, so uh kind of went back to what I have been drinking. I was probably going to have something different tonight, but I figured grandma's cough syrup <laughs> may be the best, uh, best cure for my disease. Although I think Malt in the past has had some hotty toddies when he's been under the weather. I didn't go that route. I'm just drinking the uh, Four Roses small batch. Um, I guess you can call it my go-to bourbon. Probably the only bourbon I drink right now. So, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. So yeah. happy to. I will yeah. say, hotty toddies are are I I definitely like a grandma. Definitely like an old school cure for me. I love them. It's got. I don't even know what's a, in it. What's in it? Basically, you just put your kettle on. Uh huh. Pour more than a shot of bourbon, almost half the half the um half the cup of you know the coffee mug. And then you put honey, squeeze a lemon juice in, like maybe like a circle, and then uh, pour the hot water to finish it off and kind of melt the honey. And it is, well, you know, two or three and you're three sheets to the wind. So I guess you don't feel your pain anymore. Maybe that's the point. But you don't put tea in yours? No. You just use hot water? Hot water and bourbon. Like it's, it's like, I think it's right. some old school shit. I know um, Larry used to put tea in it and I, I don't, I don't begrudge that. I just. Uh, there's no room in the cup because I put too much bourbon. Like it's more about the, I mean, you know, believe it or not for me, me, cousin Bailey, it's more about the bourbon than, than anything else. But the, the honey and the lemon, those are things that kind of help, you know, like clear you up a little bit, hot water for sure. So it's worth a try. All right. Well, I think without further ado, and before we get into last week's game and just going over the season a little bit, we'll go ahead and discuss the championship game. I guess I'll, I'll start it off. Uh, it's LSU, Georgia. Georgia is a 16 and a half point favorite. Yowzes. I think they may be able to cover that. I don't know what the fuck LSU was doing last week. They lost to the complete shit show of a team. Yeah. A&M. I, yeah. 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 I know A&M. Sorry. I thought the listeners would have known. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't bring that back up, but it's, it's, uh, I don't really have much to say about this. I'll let you guys kind of dive into it because I'll probably start coughing at some point. So take it away. Well, I mean, I think LSU, I watched a bit of that game. They just played like shit. And I think A&M actually looked pretty good. I think maybe they just like felt like playing a, a good game and ruining LSU season, which is fine by me. Um, but I, I I think this is a little bit high. Uh, Georgia, I don't know. They, I feel like there's something missing. I mean, they're undefeated, number one. So, um, I just I would not be surprised if LSU made this a closer game than obviously this line. Um, I mean, the concern if you're thinking of taking LSU is they got gutted by uh, a chain and company on the on the ground. So that's yeah, definitely going to be Georgia's strength. But um, yeah, I think they'll be motivated after that loss and and bounce back and have a have a decent performance. So uh, if this mattered, I would I would take the points with LSU. 
Yeah. I, it's interesting. I feel like Georgia in some games, I like, feel, I feel like they, I'm not necessarily suggesting that the coaching coaches have anything to do with this, but like, I don't feel like they've hit their stride and that's scary because they've kind of, they, they, you know, they didn't exactly blow out Georgia tech. Who's terrible. And, you know, like they struggled with Missouri. They, you know, like, you know, kind of kept Florida in the game. Um, but then they turn around and like destroy Tennessee. And I know the score didn't necessarily reflect a destruction, but anyone who watched the Georgia Tennessee game knew that Tennessee had no chance in that game. Um, and and LSU, I feel like they're starting to flounder at the wrong time. Uh, you know, most teams you kind of want to peak at this point, but they struggled against Arkansas, and then they lose to AM, who we've all kind of considered a joke. And 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 the thing that pisses me off about that AM game is it it creates momentum for Jimbo going into the offseason. Cause Lord knows he can recruit and they have the money to pay the recruits. And he's in, you know, with a with a very good quarterback, he's successful. And I feel like we had we at collective SEC had our boot on Jimbo's throat and AM's throat, maybe to kind of you know, like in a video game when you get killed and all the all the coins go everywhere, like Sonic the Hedgehog. I feel like he was ready to kind of make a move like that on, on Jimbo and AM and have the the recruits potentially start transferring out or, or not, you know, maybe they wouldn't get like a, you know, a high recruiting class this upcoming season. Uh, but we, I, I, but LSU kind of, I feel like may have, you know, like I said, given them some off season momentum because there's an early signing period coming up in like a week, I think not even. And then, you know, the transfer portal opens up. Uh, and, and like I said, Jimbo, good recruiter, good, you know, like a tremendous amount of money behind him. So that's just kind of a thought I had about that game. LSU deciding to play like shit these last three weeks or two weeks is not a good, it's not a good idea to go limping into the, to the, to Atlanta. Um, I'm taking, I'm going to take Georgia. I think that they are hitting their, they, they've hit their stride or they, they're, they're, they're maybe, like I said, they haven't even felt like they've needed to accelerate all the way. And, uh, and I'm saying this, you know, lamentingly as well, because I don't feel good about saying that, but I mean, George is a machine um, and I feel like they are ready to kind of just, just blow through everyone in the next couple of weeks. Playoffs yeah, included. I don't think I gave my pick, but yeah, I'm taking Georgia here. Go I can't off. think, I can't think of an SEC title game. I've cared less about. Yeah. Even when Mississippi state was playing in them. It's fucking meaningless. Even if Georgia loses, they advance. And I mean, that's that 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 can be said about like Alabama playing in the past couple of years. But at least those teams, like Georgia, Alabama, or Georgia, Auburn, at least those games were like competitive or or you know seemingly. I know you. I know uh, Malt Liquor thinks this is going to be a you know fairly competitive game, but I just think these two teams are heading in different directions at the wrong time. And I've never thought terribly much about LSU all year uh beating florida doesn't mean shit as we've discovered um so you know like that's and that's kind of my like biggest frame of reference for lsu and struggling and beating florida it wasn't like you know like they kicked their asses um you know anthony had a great second half who's oh by the way anthony richardson gone i'm sure of it 
I'm not, he hasn't officially announced, but that's my opinion. Um, but anyways, I, um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. It means nothing. If LSU wins, they might not even be in the, in the playoff. Right. What was your opinion on that? I don't think so. You think they're going to jump anybody to get LSU a SEC champ with two losses? No, they no. Have? Ohio, Ohio State three will get losses. Losses. three losses. Three losses. Yeah, three losses. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why, like, yeah, there's no, there's nothing for it. There, nothing changes if either team wins. Yeah. I mean, last few, I think Alabama was playing somebody good. That's what, that, that's what that was. If Alabama lost, they'd still make it, but the team that beat Alabama would make it. You know, right. And that was my point. Yeah, exactly. Like at least in those circumstances, but yeah, this, this means nothing to me and I don't have any faith that LSU is even going to make it competitive. So it's a four o'clock on Saturday. I'll, you know, nah, how about, how about, uh, sorry to take the reins from the champ, but what about Dr. Riffick? How do you feel about this game, man? Uh, I got a weird feeling LSU just wins. Yeah. Just to throw a wrench, you know. But it but as Malt Liquor said, it really isn't even a wrench. So Oh no. Like, no. Maybe it doesn't Georgia matter. doesn't even maybe Georgia like knows that their fate is sealed. You know, because sometimes I mean, you know, psychological shit can affect teams, but I just I just feel like like I said, I mean I feel like Georgia's a machine. And that's not making me feel good at all. And I'll be happy when Stetson Bennett's gone. Of course, oh. you know, their backup's probably a 12. I'll take LSU. Yeah. I mean, 16 and a half. Shit. When have we ever seen that in a SEC that, championship game? I mean, it's just – and I, you know what I think is so funny? Like the the whatever you call it. I mean, um, the, the West, their champ is out of the playoffs with three losses – lost in the last week of the season and is limping into the into the SEC championship game. I mean, you know, at least in the last couple of years, I mean, albeit it was just a it was pretty top heavy, but it wasn't this case at all. It's just so funny, like the the the, the switcheroo basically. Can we talk about Hugh? <laughs> yeah. Crooked I think we Crooked Hugh? Yeah. Rooting Ball? Is it Crooked Hugh? <laughs> crooked Hugh. But uh so I mean I think I mean not to, to yeah, I, I think our uh, illustrious champion is hacking up a lung on, on the off air. But I want to say, like, um, I think that's kind of we've kind of covered our bases on the SEC championship game. It's not interesting. It means nothing, despite what the SEC's slogan is. Oh yeah, so so what uh, so what our producer is referring to is Hugh Freeze is the new coach at Auburn uh, after he you know did a tremendous job even when he was horizontal at liberty with malik Willis. Uh, right so he was pretty but now he's gonna have but now he's gonna have sec talent you know again you know he did a pretty good job he beat saban when he was at old miss he didn't get fired because of the production he got fired because he's a, a slut twice he beat nick saban twice yeah so yeah no i'm i'm not i'm not happy with it happening now, when they realign the conference, if they ever do that, I don't want Auburn in our, in our whatever pod or whatever you call it. You know, I know they're leaning towards a, you know, Have, one single. Did conference. they officially retain a uh, Cadillac? Yeah, he's staying on. As, they may retain him. He's staying on as like assistant head coach and running back coach. Excitement coach. 
I like, yeah, I I like mean, them. If you're Auburn, I, I think who cares, right? Everyone thinks you're crooked anyway. Bring in a crooked coach. Absolutely. And he can beat Saban, like, as you said. Um, he's established that he can he, he can recruit in the SEC. Um, so you know, and it's not crooked anymore. It's all legit, right? So yeah, I mean, I read somewhere that we are squeaky clean, which does not make me super happy. Where did you read that? It's one of those insider. A friend of ours said that, like, because you know, when the news broke, this could be an interesting segue. When the news broke today about uh, John Kitna's kid, about him getting, you know, or actually before the before it broke earlier today, when I was texting y'all, I said that somebody told me that there was bad news, but in that line of you know posts, they 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 said it wasn't NCAA related, and we are squeaky clean, which I mean I know is like a nice little feather to put in your cap, but it makes me feel like we're not trying hard enough then for squeaky clean. Do you want to be squeaky clean? No, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I'm saying I don't. It makes me feel like that if, you know, if there is something, if there is a rule to bend, you should bend it. Mm -hmm. Now with all the NIL, you know, I don't know what the. Yeah, exactly. What's like, what's every program is probably squeaky clean now. Yeah, I guess technically. Yeah. But we've been that way for so long. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would have rather heard. The accusation was on against Richardson than Kitna, because Richardson's gone, and Kitna's the only guy we have that looks worth a damn. Well, I mean, so I think that this this guy, whatever the fuck his name is, from Ohio, Jack Miller. Yeah, but the 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 this there was zero doubt in anyone's mind that we were going to hit the transfer portal hard in general, but also for a quarterback. So. Okay. Uh, I heard. I heard. Unfortunately, the another person told me that the the same person told me rather that the Wake QB was in the in in the works or at least interested or we, there was mutual interest or something like that. But he's got a he's got health issues, I guess physical physical issues that wouldn't necessarily qualify him or whatever. But my point is, is like we. I think that is like a priority. If it wasn't before, it is now. Because we've got good recruits at QB, but we obviously need someone to kind of bridge the gap. And I wonder what the hell, I mean, Jake Miller, the question was, you know, we injured his thumb in practice, right? Before the season started. What did this, I mean, how long does a fucking thumb injury, did he require surgery and he was out for the year early? Like, I don't remember that being like announced and I'm not saying it wasn't, but I don't know. It just, uh, I was surprised he never came back unless, like I said, that was determined early on and I just missed it. Cause I mean, and I think I said this, I, I, I might've said it on air. Or I may have said it, you know, privately Anthony Richardson. I think he's as good as gone as Malt said. I think everybody, everybody agrees or at least believes that I am so indifferent whether he stays or gum or, you know, and, and, and then we're talking about a potential first round quarterback and I am indifferent whether he stays or goes. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. It's just he's too – he's not consistent enough. Um, He wasn't the whole, whole problem by any stretch. I think the major problem was our defense. And, I mean, when you talk about the FSU game, the defensive game plan was fucking pathetic. We blitzed that guy. You don't blitz that guy because he can make you miss. 
We have the worst linebackers and open field tacklers that we've ever had. And you play man and all a guy gets open and he can hit them. You got to make him beat zone coverage and march them down the field and yeah, like minimize big plays. And we, I mean, exactly. I don't, I, whatever. It's just, you know, I was, I knew what was going to happen anytime. Like our offense would make plays and it's been the story all year. Our offense, if they fall asleep a little bit, we'll fall behind. Then they wake up and we get close. And when the minute we need to stop the, it's like a hot knife through butter. Yep. So Except Napier, Napier doesn't know how to, I mean, the only thing, the, the only worst fucking clock manager I've seen is unfortunately the Bucks idiot head coach, but I don't know. I'm curious sure. what Napier, how Napier did in like clock management situations at Louisiana. Cause if you can't do that, then I, I mean, you can't really be a coach in my opinion, not in this day and age. I wonder if like, I, I never ever liked the idea of like, you know, learning on the job at our job, but you know, he has not head coached in the sec. Like, I wonder like if he's kind of had come across some like realizations about the way things work in the sec. It isn't the Sun Belt, obviously. I mean, any idiot, you know, he has coached in the sec, like as an assistant coach, but I just wonder like, but the same scenarios learned, show up no matter what league you're in. You're behind. Yeah. You have three minutes to move the ball down the field. And that's the other thing. Do we not have a hurry-up offense? The last drive of the game, it's taken us 25 seconds of play to snap the fucking ball. Is that because Richardson's too dumb? I don't know. I so. Yeah. I, yeah, he should He should already know that. He, he's been a head coach before. Uh, I think maybe could be contributing to this and – Maybe the same thing with uh, I almost called him Lovey. Uh, yeah, he's very uh, similar. Yeah, with uh, Todd. Oh my, Todd. They they both like so Napier still calls the offense. Like you're the head coach, have someone you trust call the plays. It could be your game plan. It could be whatever. If you if you see a situation where you want, hey man, just jump in and be like run this play or whatever but yeah you know he needs to be more on top of managing the game and not so focused on the offense right and, i mean I, I how many freaking seconds all season i feel like i like got half a quarter we wasted on not calling timeouts it's incredible yeah. and, and the yeah. exact same, and i i'm telling you man i was watching the bucks game on sunday and and, and malt liquor alluded to this and i'm and i am not an expert on bucks football but i was having like shell shock flashbacks to Gators games when they just let the freaking clock 20 seconds on that last drive. I just couldn't, I, I, I don't understand the logic of not calling a timeout when you're on offense. Is Napier like, is he one of those guys that believes in analytics or no? It seems like he would be. Well, I, I think he does. I mean, I think he yeah. did based on how he, what he did in the Tennessee game where he went for two early and everyone flipped out. And that was actually like an analytical play where you're like, well, we, we need, he made the determination that we were not going the if he didn't want to go to overtime. So the only way to do that is to get a two point conversion at some point. 
and why not try to get it sooner? And you, cause you know, you're going to need however many points we need 18 points or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and so that's like some of the analytics guys that I follow were like, yeah, that's what he was thinking. And like, he went for, he went forward on fourth down a lot, at least early in the year. Um, yeah. So like deep in our own zone, in our own side too. Yeah. You know, there are analytics that say that, you know, based on where you are on the field and the, you know, the situation in the game, how much you're ahead or behind, you know, anyway. You know, it's crazy. Like our, you know, like our defense is a completely different story, but I feel like early on, on those like fourth, especially against Kentucky. Yeah. When we were going for it, like I felt like we were like a step slower than everyone on their defense. But as the season progressed, you know, I mean, this isn't rocket science. Your your offense will get better. But I'm just, you know, like it was just weird play. You know, didn't we do like, I think we went for fourth down against Florida State and we did that like kind of naked pitch. Yeah. I don't know exactly. You know, like with no one, no blockers out there and they just read right into it. And I, I, I was kind of hoping situations like that would be, you know, minimized by week 12. Um, especially against Florida State. I mean, God, what a fucking shot to the nuts. Speaking of shot to the nuts, a, they Christian Pulisic. They're a joke. Christian Pulisic is day to day. Who, Florida State? Yeah. Nice yeah, way no, to storm the field. I know. Storming the field after you beat a six and six team. It just, it means nothing now. Storming the field. I mean, AM, didn't they storm it after beating LSU? I mean, you know, a nine and three team. You're having like the one of the worst seasons. I don't know. It just it's it's uh it's kind of lost its whatever. Apparently well, the was, SEC is what's that up? was AM's bowl game. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> they're apparently like the SEC is con- contemplating like seriously cracking down on storming the field. Uh, somebody said something about like forfeiture of a game, which I cannot imagine that would ever happen, but like they're maybe they're going to be authorized to enforce the penalty as that as extreme as that because they don't want people doing it anymore. I mean, they, they've increased the fines from I think when we were there, it was like 25,000 or 50,000. Now it's multiple hundreds of thousands, I think at least 100,000. Why do they care so much? Safety. And I saw like a couple of players punched play punched fans or shoved them, not necessarily in the SEC, but I think like. I they probably, say most like of the fans a, probably deserved it. It was a civil like war. It was Oregon State, Oregon, and Oregon, an Oregon player, player punched a a Beaver fan. Kind of reminds me. Hey, we're all Beaver fans. Kind of reminded me of um, like Eric Blunt. Yeah, like Eric Blunt after that Boise State game. Yeah, but he punched a player. He punched a player. Yeah, not but me. They were both guy. sucker punches. That was. I remember I was in law school in that game, and I was like falling asleep, and I I was like, well. No, I'm wide awake now. Well, Garrett Blunt, not boy, one guy. Boise State well, guy deserved it. Was he talking shit to him? Yeah, he was talking yeah. shit. He got, yeah. he got. Now I'm watching well, the video. Of this fan, this this OSU fan was talking shit too. But you're, I guess you're not expecting to get punched in a situation like that. I think you should always be on alert. Is it uh, Matt Millen when he played for Penn State? Did he punch a fan or punch a reporter coming off the field? I don't remember. God, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's not new. Recency bias will tell you that it's a new trend, but it's really not. I know this isn't the same 
vein, but uh, I, I watched that. Uh, I feel like I watched that Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix like every three months. And uh, the the part where uh, Rodman kicked that that photographer in the nuts. This is our second yeah. nut shot uh, conversation, and I and I tried to bring up Christian Pulisic, but the uh, the USA, as we mentioned, beat I- Iran and uh, Iran, and uh, Christian Pulisic had a pelvic uh, contusion. Yeah. Well, the scuttlebutt is that one of his balls went shot right back up into his pelvis. And that's why he was, and it looked like a nut shot early on, but I thought, you know, like just throw up or something, you'll get over it, you know, but you know, he was having a hard time and then didn't come back in the second half, but apparently it was pretty fucked up. They yeah, say he should be back though. Yeah. He, Iranian... he, he said he'd be back. Uh, I was going to say the Iranian players are going to have a, a beheading uh, injury. Upon yeah, there's return. a, yeah, there's a rumor that like they they got threatened, their families got threatened. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they after mean, they didn't mouth, they didn't sing the first. Yeah, the after first, they didn't uh, sing the national. Yeah, and that's a uh, tough. That's a tough situation to be a uh, fucking on the world stage representing Iran, and I'm sure they don't love everything that's happening. At least not all of them. I just I think it's funny that that people are outraged on how. We pronounce Iran, but they pronounce the United States of America as Great Satan. So Iran, <laughs> Iran, 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 Iran. Did, all, did you guys? Watch all all I know is Ron went zero and five. <laughs> did you guys watch Tyler Adams's press conference when he was uh, being interviewed by that asshole? No, from the state media. You know that's the other. That's the other hilarious thing. The state media of Iran insult, you know, yells at him for mispronouncing the name, and then tries to tries to say, you know, how can you possibly, you know, play for a team or a country that's so racist? And he had a freaking gem of an answer, you know, basically like we're I making. Felt like he was making, too nice. Well, yeah, but what was what was he going to say though? I mean, he. I'm saying it was. It was a perfect diplomatic answer though. Like we're making progress. You know, the implication being, what are you doing? Oh, you're right. Your women are, you know, arguing for free for, for, you know, like for equal rights. Let's kill them. I don't think that's progress. That's what he should have said. The, um, I may have, I may have mentioned this before, and I guess we'll stick with on the Iran conversation or topic. You guys, any of you guys read the guest, the Ayatollah? Yeah, I bought it. I haven't read it yet. All right. Yeah. That's, no, just essentially, like what the book says was, and this is about the the. Is this a spoiler, or can I still read it? You can still read it. it okay. it's, I'm it's just joking. Book. It's historical, right? I mean, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it. it's. Uh, I am too. I read. I read. Uh-huh. No, but it's about the revolution over there, and then how they took our embassy, and basically, they were debating whether to take our embassy or the Soviet embassy. And they were like, well, Carter's in office. The U.S. isn't going to do shit. But if we take the Soviet embassy, we're going to be an all-out war. So, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah, good call, though. Um, yeah, so, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, Iran was like a – Iran was like a like a Western-type 
culture and city, yeah. right? And it's yeah, we installed the Shah, like of course, right? <laughs> I mean, because I, I I know this, and I've I've you know, but I'm, I don't know many details. But then when the Ayatollah came in, that's when all things went to shit or back to shit. So they were our one of our biggest allies historically because they hated the British because the British colonized them and they right. really identified right. with our revolution and and then essentially we basically after world war ii turned into britain as far as they were concerned and oh, i mean boy. installing the shah propping up the shah and then that's why it turned we fight. but yeah they're very western um yeah you know but now it's a fucking not a place you want to be but I can remember seeing Bourdain's when he went out there and he was like, this place is a lot different than, you know, the, like the people there were very friendly to him and um, yeah. not as anti, definitely not as anti-American as their regime is. He went there? I didn't know he went there. I know he went to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he went there on. Oh, I have to check that one. Is that his, his uh, like no Food Network show or is uh, or the it CNN was- one? I think it was a CNN one. CNN one. Was that no reservations? Which one no, was that? that? It was, yeah. well, I forget. He had a few different, but they're basically all the same. Yeah, man. I love those shows. Yeah, he was great. Getting fucked up on absinthe or getting fucked up on parts Szechuan unknown. Parts unknown. Yeah. Remember we went to Szechuan in China and he was eating those. It just looked like those those peppers or whatever the hell they were like floating in the oil were just bright red basically i just knew that would have killed me one bite i just remember him going to puerto rico and he he was in the hotel that invented the pina colada and he ordered a pina colada and he was so pissed off because they they opened up like a can of dole pineapple juice and like poured it in oh yeah is this (laughs) sorry that's my puerto rican heritage is it good? No. <laughs> oh, they're pina colada? I don't know. I've never had I don't drink pina coladas. Like a big thing. When like I remember there's a big thing with like the younger people there where they love American muscle cars. And they have these like clubs literally like in Tehran where they like you think of like you know, people in Texas or wherever that are into low riders, kind of like that whole deal where they just like all show yeah. off their cool muscle cars they're all happen that are all basically american muscle cars that's awesome yeah I, uh, I remember flying from frankfurt to mumbai and like i was wide awake on the flight and i'm just looking at the map because i'm like that and i realized that i was right in between uh Tehran and Qom. is that how you pronounce it Qom? 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 that's the religious i'm sure capital. the state I'm sure the state media will chime in. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and I, I just remember thinking to myself, if we go down right here and we somehow survive, like we're dead anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Fuck your Yankee blue jeans. I'm just glad that the missile didn't hit us. So there was that. Hey, man, you made it. I made it. Okay, so uh, live score update. The Gators basketball team just beat FAMU by 40 points, 102 to 62. Have you guys been following the basketball at all? Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they they do do great, do terrible. Do You know, like the, the, they lost to FAU 
I think earlier this year and they were down by a tremendous amount, but they ended up losing by like two points. And then they're down at Florida state. They come back and win. Florida state has some injuries. They beat the shit out of Oregon state. And then they get the shit kicked out of them by 29 points against West Virginia and that sec, whatever, not even sec. It's like that, um, over in Oregon, um, oh, the, the, the Nike Michael Knight, what a shootout, yeah. Michael Knight Invitational. Yeah. So, is it uh, Michael Knight, the guy from Knight Rider? That's correct. I couldn't oh. remember. Oh, Phil Knight. Phil. Oh, okay. Phil Knight. Yeah. Michael I was thinking Jim, but I knew Michael would fly. So, okay. A man who does not exist. That was a great show. Um, not as good as uh, Airwolf. I kind of liked Knight Rider better. But, anyways, before we go that direction um i guess stetson's coming in before the uh end of the end of the new year and then i guess right around new year's is when the sec schedule starts um that's exciting we didn't we didn't we mentioned jalen what's his name kitna but uh just in case people who are listening to this have been under a rock uh kitna is suspended indefinitely from the team and likely going to be cut as he admitted he uh Bye. Shared, pardon me. Bye. Yeah, as he admitted that he shared flagged child pornography um, via a tip from the Center for Missing and Exploited Children, or something like that. So I only admitted, or reports are saying he admitted it. Apparently, well, the the article says that the Alachua County Sheriff, they you know they traced the. The, the 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 sending or whatever like you know of the item to a location in Gainesville and it's Kitna's residence and I guess there might be another person or player there so he when they asked about him he said he according to the report according to the news he said he did it but he didn't know he didn't he thought that person the person was legal because it was on the internet and it was via discord server which I guess is kind of like a a WhatsApp, if you're familiar with that. And he said he knew something was up, according, again, according to the report. These are his words, according to the report, so it's hearsay. That, I mean, unless recorded, and, you know, he's already read his rights. I don't know exactly how that would, or no, I guess before that. Anyways, long story short, he said that his Discord membership or account was suspended indefinitely because of distribution of, you know, unauthorized, whatever content. So he knew something was up. So he's, he was, I guess he was trying to be, and I'm not at all, you know what? I'm not even going to finish that sentence. He said, according to them, that he thought, he thought what he was doing was okay because it was on the internet, but then they went through his other devices and they found other items. I don't know the, I don't know what they were, what they, whatever they were, but those are the facts. According to the article I read. Yeah, the article written by who? Well, I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, the, I read a lot same... of those articles the last two years. Yeah, and that's, Baker, true. I'm not that's take, true. I'm not taking them as gospel. Yeah, Matt but Baker. I'm just, I like, I mean, I'm not, I'm neither. Well, I mean, you look, it's a bad look. Obviously. So I'm not going to stick my neck out for this guy, but I am curious to know what the circumstances are. But it does, it does sound like his time at Florida is sunsetted. So, so I only that have one so, comment yeah. on it. Sorry. One comment. He's got a fetish, just the wrong fetish. Is that a movie quote? Because 
No, that's Gus's quote. Well, Gus, speaking of movies, I did want to shoot a little plug in um, to not, not a dip plug, of course, but I wanted to plug the um, the resurgence of Automatic Rewind is coming back to a podcast uh, platform of your choosing in the in the upcoming weeks, if not months. Uh, Gus, formerly of Jack's Land and Automatic Rewind, now currently of Bourbon Boys and Automatic Rewind is is bringing Automatic Rewind back for your listening pleasure, in which he and myself, cousin Bailey, will be with guests reviewing movies of of any genre, any time period, just whatever we choose. And of course, you know, as things get more interesting, we could take requests, but. It, we're, Gus and I are bringing Automatic Rewind back into the fold of podcasts. So um, stay tuned for that. You can find it. There's already archived ones out there. I shouldn't say archived. Just search Automatic Rewind. It'll pop up on any of your uh, platforms out there that you get your podcast. And that's enough about that. But no, subscribe, download, listen. Yeah, I will. I will say this. The first episodes, the majority of them are about three and a half hours long. So it's a listen. It's a listen, but it's a, <laughs> it's for a road trip. Listen. It's a good listen, but uh, I mean, we're going to tight, we're going to tighten it up. I mean, we've still got some uh, bugs to work out, but it's, it, I think it's definitely worth a listen. Those early ones. You all identified the next, the next movie. We kind of have a pool of movies, but uh, that we we're, we're going to dig through, but um, Speed. just to start off with, I mean, speed may come up in the future because, I mean, I like I said, and I, I Gus and I've talked. Um, I mean, we don't want to limit ourselves to just you know like AFI top one hundred movies. You know, every you know everybody every movie is going to have a voice, but um, you know, obviously, we're going to try and start off with some, or excuse me, not you know pick back up with some popular you know popular movies. It sounds like you're doing this because you lost. I'm, yes, I'm. I'm doing this because I need to ruin another podcast with my terrible opinions. Okay, absolutely. Just want to make sure. At least we're not picking anything there. So he's a winner in that. Uh... Yeah, if I start rating, uh, you know, Son-in-Law or Home Alone Four as a ten star, then obviously things will get fall off the rails a little bit. That's not what that's not what this is about. This is just about kind of you know a nostalgic look back to uh, to movies that we you know that either one of us, both of us, or you know, like I said, somebody else may have really liked. You know, I mean, and and, and as I talked to Gus about, there may be an occasion where one of us hasn't even seen the movie with an you know, but we decide we're going to do an episode about it, so the other one will get kind of caught up. We're gonna have any sponsors get, for that? Uh, we're working. Actually, I am working on a sponsor for that and and Bourbon Boys. But um, speaking of sponsors, I want you to know that uh, for the final time this regular season, this portion of the Bourbon Boys is brought to you by Pandemic Sauce Company. Amidst a worldwide pandemic and lockdown, with nothing but time on his hands, a friend of the podcast started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining a variety of peppers with fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces. 
After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the goal to become your new favorite sauce. That's Pandemic Sauce Company. Enter code BourbonBoys at checkout for a discount when you purchase three bottles. A discount of $6 when you purchase three bottles. That's PandemicSauceCompany.com. Enter code BourbonBoys at checkout. So I still have my mango habanero. That's what I'm going to use, I think, this weekend. That's about as spicy as I've gotten. So it's fantastic. I should probably probably use some to clear me up. I was about to say (laughs) that exact thing. (laughs) To clear me up. And and loyal listeners out there, as per last week with my interrogation of Cousin Bailey, that code is good indefinitely. That's correct. So. So keep using it. Keep supporting the bourbon boys and pandemic sauce company and uh not to not we're not signing off now but i i wanted to say this before i forget um look for merchandise before next season for the bourbon boys it's going to be a a brand new year we're we're moving forward y'all so what's the merchandise going to be we're going to start off light t-shirts mugs but we're going to come up with that's something that in the, in the off season i think the four of us are going to kind of have a powwow about cuz we had talked off uh off camera earlier this year if not before the season started about having like our obviously the our name and logo which we need to kind of refine um catchphrases that we have um just you know stuff that loyal listeners would appreciate but um you know obviously and this is something i'm not sure i know we've talked about in the past and i can't remember if we decided but the usually the champ gets a t-shirt or you know has an honorary T-shirt that that is uh, bestowed upon him as the champ. So obviously, I must have been hammered because some... I don't remember this conversation. But sounds good. Well, uh, we've done it all the past years. I can't remember if we settled on one this year. No, no, I just mean the merchandise. Oh, the merchandise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was what I was uh, talking about. That was that was we talked about it in the you know kind of some drunken green rooms, but um, you know. So producer, you've done a fantastic job this year. Thank you so much for all your great editing and uh, all the work, all the hard work you put in. I appreciate it. So, any last thoughts for you? Nope. Uh, that's just a man of few words. I love, I love you, Gus. Well, so, for malt liquor, Gus, for malt liquor, Gus, our producer, loquacious Dr. Riffick. I am Cousin Bailey saying go Gators and we'll see you in the new year. Go Gators. You can stand